So Jordan, I want to know what's the what's the plan for Matilda in the spring? The plan for Matilda in the spring right now is uh she just got spayed, so she's been on the bench riding the pine. <clears throat> but once she can run, get her on some birds and then well, what does that so what does on the on birds mean in the spring? I'll just take her to run on wild birds until they start to pair up and nest and stuff. Gotcha. Um, and then probably work on steadying her up um with a flank collar. And a that's like a, a collar on their belly. Oh, so you gotcha. get them conditioned to stop on it take I mean, it'd probably take a while because you have to get them to where they know that stimulus means stop. So I've done um, like woe post stuff with her in that, but it still doesn't, um, from what I understand, it's not just like a direct, you can't just jump from that to the, to the flank collar on birds. It's not necessarily going to make sense to them. Um, so steady her up a little bit. Um and uh have some frozen wings and stuff and work on some retrieving things and that's pretty much it and then just keep her in shape runner i uh run, run. i was curious because i was at uh i was at barnes and noble yesterday and i was just i always go peruse through the magazines because like i usually buy a when the new gray's hunting journal comes out i get that and i look at gun dog and all this kind of stuff and so I picked up the uh, the newest edition of Gundog, and there's this cute little brown puppy on there. And I'm like, oh man, that puppy's adorable. And I I, I mean, turned Cocker, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yes. <laughs> All I, signs point to Cocker. I turned, I turned to those. I was like, oh, so let's I cause it, I mean, when they're that young, that like a boykin, a cocker, like they all kind of look the same, you know. And so I opened it up and was like, I wonder what that is. And it said English cocker. I was like, son of a bitch. And you just slammed it shut and I threw it back threw at the it, rack. I, <laughs> I threw it at the barista in the ah, Starbucks. Get it away like, from me. Yeah. No, it was it was funny. But there was there they did like a, it was like a whole puppy edition, and there was all kinds of cool dogs in there. There's a really good looking Brittany. There was a, a lab and golden mix that was really cool. It just looked like a rusty, like a, a rusty yellow lab, but it was it was really cool so i love looking at the dogs i don't know what i want yet man you know what the universe wants you to have <laughs> so the english you can, you can you can fight that all you want how small are they um, the english cock like the english field cock they're pretty small i they're mean like i don't smaller know what than... they weigh yeah, yeah, smaller. They're smaller than, than a Brittany or a Boykin, right? I haven't seen a Boykin in person, so I can't say. But my dog is a she's a kind of a runt Brittany, and um, cockers are significantly shorter than her. Yeah, see, I don't want like, a short dog. You should see those things run. I believe you. There's nothing about me that doesn't believe you. I'm just saying that I don't know if that's what I want, man. I love I love the look of your dog. I've been really thinking about I've been really thinking about Brittany's a lot. Yeah, I'm getting I'm probably getting another one in May. That's what I heard when you were talking about Nick with Nick on his podcast. Yeah. I didn't know I didn't know that was the plan. Well, it's kind of like 
it's an interesting thing. Um, a lot of dogs that <sighs> I don't even know how to explain it. It's not, there's a lot of dogs that are bred and stuff that aren't like, you can't just go and get on a puppy list and get one. Right. There's some like old school guys kicking around still that they want to like talk to you first. There's no puppy list. It's all like uh word of mouth. They have to like you. I think that's how Brett got his boykins. They're yeah. not like looking to make m- money or anything really. They're usually like breeding for a purpose and they want those dogs to live kind of the, they, they kind of want, if they're interested in making like really high power dogs, they want dogs to go to the right places and they need to be able to see what those dogs are going to do. Um, so I'm like tended like tentatively maybe going to get one of these dogs in May. The guy actually sent me a message yesterday. So it's, I think it looks good. He, he was like a friend. My friend told me about him and he like talked with me and then he talked to my friends like, Oh, I had a good conversation with your friend, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, it's like being interviewed almost, you know? I think that's cool though, man. No, I, I love it. I, I think that's it. cool because it's, you know, if you really care about the dogs and you put that much time into them, you don't want them to go somewhere where like, yeah, you don't want to just sell them to anybody. Yeah. I get that. I get that a lot. So the weird, the weird stuff though is, is, the ones where you get them from a certain breeder and, uh, and I guess it's just when you register them, you don't have to necessarily call them, but like you have to include their name in there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the kennels name and stuff. Yeah. That's odd to me, but I guess it's just because I'm not part of that world really all that much yet, but you know. Yeah. Some of those people are a part of it is that the, the people are really into pedigrees. Yeah. Um, and so that the part of that with registering them is they want to know that dog's like lineage. So when they pull up a pedigree or whatever, they can yeah. look at. Um, and a pedigree doesn't tell you everything, but they still they still want to know. And yeah. to like field trial a dog or anything, you have to they have to be registered. So I get that. And that all makes sense. I just I don't know. I guess I'm just still on the outside looking in yet. So I don't really. It's a weird it's a weird world. There's parts of it I like and there's parts of it. There's plenty of it that I don't. Yeah, because that's the thing, too, because I'm like, I don't know, like. I might there might be a part of me like wants to test the dog and do some stuff just to to work on just just to do it and have the experience and maybe know that I have to dedicate that much work to get it done. But it's like I just. I just kind of want my dog and I want to hunt and I want to be left alone. You know, like that's all that I want. So, yeah, I'm in the same boat, but at the same time, I understand why field trials exist because it's kind of the benchmark for um, breeding. Well, yeah, just for performance. So, and there's even different field trials for different breeds of dogs. Um, So it's, it's a, it gives you just kind of a benchmark to see because otherwise people can just breed dogs and say they're a thing and never kind of have actualized versus when certain dogs have been field trialed and they, they win all sorts of stuff. Um, It just means something a little different. I get it. I get it. And so this next pup is, if I get it, is out of like some, cranking 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 field trial dogs very pedigreed like um kind of it's it's a. Uh, I i mean the pet the guy like knows all sorts of stuff about every like he, uh, he i showed him my dog's pedigree and he was like 
there's like a who's who's list of, and I didn't know. He's like a field trial dog. So your dog's pedigree. I'm like, oh yeah, cool. Like she's in Matilda's. Yeah. No, cool. Which my friend that told me to get her, like he knows all that stuff. And so he was like, oh, get this guy's dogs are good. Um, But uh, this, this other dog, like they are from a, they're kind of from a, the land before time. They go back a little further with when Britney's were really, really, really high power. Um, so they're like, they're, they feel trial pretty much all their stuff. And those dogs run like, you know, 1,000, 1,200 yards, which is kind of mostly unheard of for Britney's. You can hear about that with some short hairs and you hear about that a fair bit with pointers and setters that's kind of the two dogs main. With a, a lot longer legs pretty much yeah and like that were originally meant to do it like yeah. you know that because that's pointers are kind of the they were it and so a lot of people say like well why bother getting one of these other dogs when it took a pointer to make these other dogs mm. you know so and i understand that argument fair enough i just don't really want a pointer i don't know why I mean, if somebody gave me one, a puppy, a really good one, I would take it. Oh, right. You like what you like, man. You know, I don't know. It's just. That's what I tell my daughter all the time. You like what you like. You like what you like. Nobody can tell you any different. Mm-hmm. So you did Joel Jameson's uh, course, the eight weeks mm-hmm. out course. Yeah, I did a whatever a seminar kind of thing last night. Talk to me about it. What did you learn? Um, I didn't really learn anything, I guess, because I've read like every single thing I possibly can get my hands on from him already and or listen to it. Um, but I always think it's good to go back to those things to be like reminded or sometimes when you have a different understanding, the information's a little different. Um, I did like how he talked about depending on somebody's fitness level, kind of waving their model of intensity throughout the week a little differently if they're like well-trained um what did he say um you know his big thing obviously is like train uh recover repeat and so their intensity model for somebody that's well trained they kind of do it a little differently in that they'll have um their most intense day isn't like um the beginning of the week they'll have two essentially so they have like like moderate day rebound day intense day um and they'll and they'll wave that. Um, they have a let me see. I have that. But yeah, moderate day, intense day, rebound day, and then they they wave that through the week. Um, if it's six, you know, if it's six sessions. Um, What's which the is justification little, for not leading off with the intense day? Uh, well, with the in this model, if somebody's like well trained and they can actually recover from two intense days, um uh having those two days um separated by enough low intensity days but then also following the kind of hrv patterns that they've seen with people over time Uh, the way they respond so rather than because if you basically you can have like a stimulus day kind of that's not super hard so you're like aerobic power zone maybe um nothing crazy and then you'll see hrv usually bump up that day and then they hit it hard with the like really intense day 
and then you're you know you're kind of like going to be relatively taxed so they hit it with like a lower day rebound kind of day and then hrb bumps back up and then they hit the stim like stimulus day and hrb bumps up higher and then they hit the yeah so they kind of ride that wave with uh the more well-trained people the average people um i shouldn't say average but people that can't recover and that was a good reminder too not just necessarily somebody's fitness, but their, their recovery, like how many people can outkick their coverage. You could have somebody that's well-trained, like in really good shape, but if the rest of their life sucks, you can still only train them up to their recovery. It doesn't matter. I mean, and the caveat being if they're really young, cause their recovery will be like, <laughs> like great, no matter what, like, oh, sure. Like no sleep, French fries, soda, whatever. And your recovery is still better than mine at 35. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but it's just, it was a nice thing to highlight because it showed a bunch of HRV trends and other things. And his big thing is to just slowly increase that over time. Um, Slowly increase what? uh, The goal of like slowly increasing somebody's cardiovascular fitness, which is reflected in HRV over time. Like, very slowly um you're like you know he was showing things over like eight months over a year and just this little gradual trend up um and talking about how to not you just can't infinitely scale up um and volume and intensity you mean yeah Yeah. and and how which everybody knows because you can't just do more or go harder all the time but that's the thing is like everybody doesn't know that though Uh, i well i should say if you've trained people in any regard or you've just objectively looked at your own stuff or you've taken any metrics, you know that you can't do it, but people want to do that. That's the expectation. And that's why I got to go harder. I got to keep doing more. Well, that's better. It was so cool. I forget how long ago it was just maybe last month or the month before when we did one of the check-ins and Dustin, um, said in during the check-in and one of the Friday check-ins that we do about how he's seen like his output go up and his heart rate go down in high intensity continuous training, like over the years that he's trained with us and the volume isn't significantly different. The intensity isn't different, all that different, but it's like, because the stimulus changes throughout the year, you come back and you get more out of that adaptation because you're still working on all these aspects of fitness and like, you're still improving your cardiorespiratory fitness you're improving your or maintaining your strength and all these other outputs but it's like it's not because we just dumped more gas on the fire it's because we changed the stimulus enough and had our volume and intensity in the right places that he could recover and then actually continue to layer on top of that with the same amount relatively the same amount of volume and intensity yeah and and this thing really made a lot of sense in terms of um with what you're saying with periodized things that are done correctly you have the kind of like initiation you ramp up volume intensity and it stabilizes and then you have weeks of kind of um lower volume intensity but the way that you have all the programming done is like you go into the next block and that allows you to adapt and recover from whatever other stimuluses that we were using um while still continuing to train forward so yeah. um there's a lot to that and 
you have to look at a program on a very long-term basis to apply that model and you looking at methods and long-term basis, not just like, I'm going to write a month of programming. No, it's never, it never works. It doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. I think so one I, of the, I'm sorry, go ahead, buddy. No, saying? I just, I, I hope people understand how much goes into that. Um, Cause it's not an accident. No. And you've, you've laid out a really good, <laughs> I so for instance, I I had to assign somebody in Everfit, and we're on a programming block right now, and the that's all the same. It's it's part of the same progression, right? And I had to reassign him, and he's I had to get him on day fifty eight was the day I assigned him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so somebody's looking at oh how many how many whatever you know I'm gonna buy this four weeks of workout or whatever like there's still, you know, whatever, five weeks in this block and where he's at was like where everybody's at right now is day 58 of the block. Yeah, dude. It's not like, so yeah, let's get you in two weeks of this kind of conditioning or something. No, no. he's like in this big progression and that's that's where everybody's at, which is it, awesome. It is. And it's, I mean, and I think that, well, there's two things. I'm going to list them now so we can make sure that we talk about it. The first thing I want to talk about is... um you said about the, you can't train somebody beyond their recovery. And then the second thing was um, talking about the stimulus change. But I, I, I think that that's, so right now, one of we, you know, we use Morpheus at our gym at, at uh, beyond mm-hmm. strength. And so we have a lot of adopters and we have, some people that haven't adopted yet and like working, we're just like playing the long game of, of working people into it. And I think one of the most, like, I love the recovery tests for Morpheus. I love how it zones you and all of that kind of stuff. But I think one of the most important things is it, it shows you it's, it's, I was trying to think of it. It's almost like it gives you like, you know, when you're bowling and you're a little kid, and they put the the rails, the bumper rails down. Bumpers. I'm very yeah. familiar. I have a five-year-old. <laughs> well, the bumper, it's like bumper. It like gives you, it tells you what different stimuluses do to you and and what you're recovering from you, what you're recovering from and what you're not, and then how to manage yourself based on that. So it's like if you're somebody that has a bunch of bad habits. It's reflected. It's re- you learn. And mm-hmm. it's like, I, I need to change this. And it gives That's you why I think people don't want it. I, th- I mean, fair enough. It's you have to stare at it in it's, the face and do something. Yeah, it's it. like if if you want to lose weight, you have to step on the scale, right? Right. Um, and that Morpheus, I was, you know, I've I've had a lot of people be like, oh, that's silly or that's whatever, and and I'm and I always say like, well, do you know what you're like? Do you measure HRV with any device? And they're like, no. And they're asking questions about things, and I'm like. I can't really guide you because I have no idea where you're at with anything. I don't know if your recovery sucks. I don't know how good your cardiovascular fitness is on a long-term basis. So getting people to adopt that is. But that's also, you know, the the people that want to dump more gas in the fire, they think that they need Mm -hmm. more. And a lot of times it's because they go and they do workouts and they feel like they're not getting better. And so like, well, I must have to dump more gas in the fire. But if you have yeah. the objective information that said like, 
no man your sleep sucks don't do that yeah drinking enough water like your your hrv score is like really low so if you do this you're just going to continue to put yourself further into a hole so i think it's if you pay attention to it and you use it the way that you're supposed to it's a really good behavior modification tool because absolutely you, you start to learn about how different things affect you and if you really want to do something about it you just you just listen you know you just listen to it and you do it but it's the objective data of is important you know it's because even for me right now man like i'm still my my hrv scores on morpheus are typically in the mid 80s mid to upper 80s and from having the flu and everything i'm just now getting back into the 70s dude uh after i had covid mine were shit for so long yeah it just and it's just like you know you be, i have this wild hair up my ass it just like what's your say 90 look at you you bragging son of a bitch uh i have this wild hair up my ass to just crush myself because that's mm-hmm. my that's my nature but i think a lot of people that's our nature though too like oh for I, sure i think people should understand that it doesn't mean you're stupid or something we just need to know why we need to put the brakes on yeah and and have the information to do it but that's like yeah yesterday um carly carly and i were at my gym training and i i did our first eustress training workout from from this new training block and you know it calls for 20 minutes of the eustress superset and i got to like 10 minutes and i was like i'm only gonna do done i'm gonna do 15 because if i go the whole way to 20 this is gonna be a really big problem for me for the rest of the week and it's because you know, learning from how you subjectively yeah. feel, but also like looking at this data and saying, I know that if I do this, I'm going to have a bad week. I should, I need to take yeah. it, you know. But that you have all that experience and everything to know that versus like not monitoring anything. This workout says to do this, you know, and, and like I said, auto-regulation or whatever you want to call it, but knowing like, well, you know, I'm going to do this and, Sometimes 15 minutes is better than 20. So oh, without or a doubt. 18 or without whatever. Like sometimes Absolutely. it's actually better. Well, and and you ha- the thing is, is one of the problems. Well, yeah, but I think the problem is, is that people don't, they don't want to trust it. Mostly like on emotion because they feel as though they're going to lose something or whatever it might be. But I think if people could just, you know, people trust all kinds of silly bullshit. You know what I mean? There's so many things that people give their trust to, but if you could just give your trust to this process of, of learning via this, this uh, feedback that you get from uh, about how your body responds to things and how it recovers and just like trust that this is the amount of training that you need today. You need to listen to this and, and, and pay attention. And then seeing, like you said, over the long term, like we're yesterday was day 58 of our training program and like follow this process and do it over the long term and see what happens and then you realize that you go to a whole different better place and all of this time is going to pass anyway and all of this training is going to happen anyway so it's like it's it, why not yeah but i mean i think too is is people think that if they crush themselves or they do this thing at this intensity they're going to get somewhere faster mm-hmm. and like you don't you go backwards faster dude and, you know, absolutely. And, I, and people trying to lose weight parallels the same thing. Yeah. 
well, I'm not going to do that because it's too slow. I'm like, so you're not going to try to lose weight at all. So you want to do it fast or not at all? Well, people don't want to prolong discomfort. I think that that is a big part of it. You know, but but it's a, all a scale, and I guess that's we're kind of speaking to the same thing. Is there's a continuum with both of these things? It's yeah. not on or off, all or nothing. You have to learn that that's how things work, and whether you like it or not. Yeah, and I think I don't. I don't it's interesting because you know, people put blinders onto that, but I don't know. There has to be examples from other parts of people's lives, or or maybe they just don't get really good at things, and they don't understand that it takes time, like with everything, and that's the process, you know. So, dude, absolutely. I was gonna say, how many of these people have ever been like? in fantastic shape to say, "Mm, you know, well, I did it this way before. Like have, how, where were you at? Give me some, you know, give me some numbers. What was your resting heart rate? What was your max effort X, Y, Z? And if you can't give me anything like really great all the way around, it's like, well, so why do you want to do that stuff? Yeah. If you're, you know, resting heart rate is 60 or 65 and you can deadlift like 250 pounds. Like if we want to be fair, like you could probably get better. Probably have a lot of room to get better. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, it's, it's tough for people to remove the emotion from things sometimes. And, you know, uh, most of the time, most of the time. That is one of the biggest things I've realized by doing this stuff with you. Yeah, it's tough. And and far, I mean, and we all have it in different aspects of our lives where it's tough for us to not divorce ab- ourselves from the emotion, but absolutely it's so there's, there's no judgment in that. It's just like, it's no. difficult for people to do. And that's everybody I, has a flavor of it. Exactly. Right. And that's why I think even the Morpheus and, and having the information or having, an, I have an aura ring in Morpheus and I use, I toggle back and forth between the information and, um, having something to look at that isn't just what's living inside your head is, is important. I think that's an excellent point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I just, um, I, I want, I, I want people that are serious about, because it's just like, there's so many, you know, it actually, it caught like, it's, it caught a heart problem for one of our clients at the gym too. Like, her, I believe it, man. Her her HRV scores were getting weird, and her heart was doing erratic stuff at the gym. And it's like, so then she went to her cardiologist and and got shit straightened out. And you know, had she not had this tool, like who knows what could have happened to her. But and so if you look at longevity, and like one of the things about long term health is like having a high HRV score. So if you have a way to measure it, objectively improve it, and then continually check in on it, man, like you're doing so much for yourself over the long term. And especially, you know, with what we do, like our, 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 our credo is train smarter, hunt longer. And you could apply that hunt to whatever other aspect of your life you want to apply it to. But I mean, I just, I don't know. It's like, it's just, it's like, uh, living like we live now. And then that, like choosing to ride a horse everywhere instead of driving a car, you know, I just, we have the technology to do this in a better way. Yeah. And we're all, we're all on that ride, whether we like it or not, like you're saying overall health longevity. Um, and there are certain things we know are good over time in terms of general wellness, 
and health and everything we're saying, these things take time to build. So it's good to know where you're at now, regardless of if it's good, bad, ugly, indifferent, know where you're at to set that kind of upward trajectory and build that for a long time. Cause if, yeah, if you want it right now, that sucks. But if you're like, well, I have 10 years to do this, like, no pressure. Well, yeah, but it's also think, I mean, and it's tough to do. It's tough for people to do. And it's definitely a skill to, to, um, to learn and develop, but being able to think that far into the future is huge because you make decisions in a different way. Like I'm not saying don't have fun and don't live your life right now, but like, I just always think it's so silly when people behave like they're not going to be 80 years old because nine chances out of 10, you're going to be 80, you know, and how do you want it to be when you're 80? And, you know, like my, uh, my, um, my girlfriend's a a nurse and she tells me all these, (laughs) that's such such a dumb career. I was asking, what was the last thing that you did bedside when you were doing, was it ER work? Yeah. It was ER work. That's what I thought it was. Um, and she tells me all these stories of these, you know, of course she does because she works in a hospital, but all of these people that are horribly sick in their old mm-hmm. age, you know, and it's like, man, or, or not that old, like 60s, not that old. And maybe, and maybe there's no way to avoid some of that, but it's like, man, if, if even just doing little things now could, could make my experience better then. Oh, do you know how many, how many people I've heard say, well, I didn't plan on being alive this long. I've heard so many people say really? that they're like seven early seventies. Yeah. They're like, well, I didn't plan on being alive this long. So, and their life's just in shambles, like health, finances, everything, family. And they were just like, didn't have a plan. Didn't plan to be here. Don't know what I'm going to do now. And I'm, it doesn't take seeing people that many times in that situation. Be like, I don't want that to be me. Yeah. No shit. Right. Mm-hmm. Gosh. And there's like one, like there's, there's a couple things like it's, it's it's the the recipe's pretty simple. As if like of course there's other things like love you and belonging control, and but... having your community and things like that. But if you look at it like can control your calorie intake, mm-hmm. make sure your cardiovascular and aerobic fitness is good, stay strong, stay powerful. Yeah. Do shit you enjoy. Mm-hmm. That's it. Have fun. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. And it, it's I don't know. That's what's like, I just want people to do stuff like just, and it's like, so one little thing, just like have something in your life that you enjoy and, and don't eat so much. <laughs> it's like, yeah. did I tell you I started, uh, I started doing using the carbon app. No, you didn't tell me. Yeah, I did. I, started I mean, it's it. nothing earth shattering, but it's the same I like thing. The, behavior I, modification, right? I did a it's, check in this morning. And well, and that's it. Yeah. Simple interface. And then it has that, accountability piece well so see i think here's the issue is i weighed myself on the scale at the gym and then this time well yeah so and then this time i weighed myself i just bought another scale and weighed myself here this morning and i don't know if one of them's light or one of them's heavy because i've been following the calories and i'm i'm up two pounds so then so the car they just cut my calories by they start yeah, they start on the grandiose end. The same yeah. thing happened with me. They told me the calories and based on what I've done previously, I was like, that's like probably 300 calories too high, I think. Yeah. 
Um, and that was about, they cut my calories down, uh, you know, whatever, 300, 400 calories on the first check-in thing. Cause it was the same thing. Yeah. Um, and it, I mean, you'll also figure out obviously how much your, everything fluctuates with hydro, um, carbohydrates and everything. Oh, like sure. as those change, I mean, your, your float will change a fair bit and then it kind of gets settled in and now, you know, and you're just cruising like, you know, 0.2 pounds or whatever, um, 0.5 pounds at a time. They have me down to, to 2237 calories per day. I'm at 21 something. Yeah. Honestly though, there's a lot of times where I actually come in a bit under that. Like I'll hit my protein goal, but I come in a little under that. Um, See, that's from not by much. My understanding of doing all of this stuff for such a long time, like I don't, I worry about total calorie intake and making sure that I have enough protein and I just kind of let everything else kind of fall where it is because that yeah. seems to be the most important two variables. Did you get your protein in and did you, did you hit around the, the right amount of calories? I, I agree. The only thing for me is if I don't have enough carbs, um, my just overall hydration will suffer a bit. I've yeah, noticed, um, you just made and, me want to take a drink of water. So I've kind of, um, made a little bit of a point to, to kind of pay more attention to that. So I'll, I'll hedge more towards carbs than fat, obviously for that reason. Interesting. Um, I, w- I would love to do when my buddy Josh played in the NFL, they did like a, and I don't, they did it. He did it. We actually, have, I have the capability to do this. We have the technology at my gym. <laughs> we just need to get a new thing. Uh, what metabolically, what you where you're biased towards for, for oh, that's yeah. rad. We have a, we have a unit, um, where we, for VO2 max, we do a resting metabolic rate. We have, uh, a fuel source, um, test and we just, I just haven't done it yet. I need to go do that. You should. That's very cool. Yeah. Metabolic flexibility is the, is the goal. And that's, that's kind of like when, you know, as we get into the summer, we do more fasted training and i think when people hear me say that and like people that are into training and stuff they're like well it doesn't increase your rate of fat loss that's not how it works like well it's not why we're doing it you know it's just so first of all you get used to doing shit when you're hungry and second of all um it it trains you to um bias towards fat for at least some of the time when you're when you're uh having yeah. to do low slow things for long duration and you're underfed you know so. depend yeah depending on like your carbohydrate carbohydrate intake the night before because right. arguably your glycogen and everything could be like as topped off as it's going to get even if you haven't eaten that morning sure and everybody's oh, everybody's also different you know when people say like oh that doesn't bias you towards fat loss it's like do you think that we actually know everything there is to know about the human body no. hell no. to the no no. You know what I mean? Because there's other stuff too that'll point toward fasted training for overall metabolism and stuff is can be beneficial. So, you know, but like you're saying, metabolic flexibility. Yeah, but there and there's like, people that go like way into like, like I know Craig and John from Building the Elite. Like if you follow their stuff, like you do, you get your shit together and just able to do normal meals. And then they have you do, 
either the intermittent fasting style thing and then they yeah. have you do keto and then they have you go back to normal eating with the calories it's like i don't know i mean they're training people for more extreme things but i also don't yeah. know that it's necessary to do that to get the adaptations that you want you know i don't the, think it's necessary i can't speak to their world because they clearly know what the fuck they're doing and i think that everything that they're doing has a purpose but for the average person i haven't seen anything very convincing regarding getting rid of carbohydrates i also don't know i don't think people just, realize how hard it is to actually be ketogenic like it's difficult and it takes it takes time it's an ex, it takes time for you to actually to get into ketosis yeah you know, it doesn't happen overnight no and like i said there for the average person and depending on what you want to do like most people i mean a lot of people if you're like what do you want out of the gym? They're like, well, I want to get in better shape, look a little better. I want to build some muscle. And it's like, well, those people to like for feeling good, building muscle, that kind of thing. Like carbohydrates are your friend. Yeah. Well, and also, <laughs> especially for hydration, like you're talking That's, about, like yeah, you dehydrate the shit out of yourself. Like build, you building, building muscle and, and, uh, and yeah, just cellular hydration, all that stuff is like, they're not bad. Well, it's also, you know, when you look at a lot of these different nutrition or diet protocols, whatever you want to call them, like whether it's ketogenic diets or intermittent fasting or any of these things and like, and whether you talk about the health benefits or whatever it might be, it all points to a reduced number of calories that you're taking in. Like that is, yeah. that's it. That's where you're getting the benefit from. You're eating less. Well, that's like Lane Norton. I like what he says. You know, he's just like, you got to restrict something. Yeah. It's just, you just have, it's got to be something. Time, calories. But the overall goal is like, something has to give. It's just, yeah. if you want to lose weight, it's just, that's the truth. And it's just, how do you want to approach it? Like far be it for me to tell you to not to do it. Like if you want to do intermittent fasting and that controls your calories, do it. So, you, hell yeah. If And if you're the kind of person that likes to suffer do your ketogenic diet i don't care you know what i mean but i don't know it's easier for me to just look at it like count calories and and macros like it's far simpler for me to do that than because uh, but you also have there's a certain element of people that you know you got to build the skills first like understanding portion sizes and understanding stuff like that because like for example you're not always going to be able to plug everything in so you got to be oh. able to pay attention to hunger cues portion sizes all of these other kind of skills and, and really dial yourself in there and then you know um it helps because you're not always going to know everything that comes from um if you're at a restaurant you know you're not necessarily gonna be able to plug in the meal and, and get all the calories from it you know so no but just also having the understanding of saying like i don't even know what the hell this would be because i have no idea what they put in it and just knowing that, like, hmm, well, I'm not going to go nuts on that because yeah. I just really don't know what what is all in there. Yeah. Um, But then the same thing, like you're saying, with portions and stuff, like, get a scale. You know, you do it enough times and you're like, I know what about this much of this looks like, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just, and then you have that skill where you kind of, your estimation. I love estimation also. Yeah. Like a daily thing that I do. I try to estimate things all the time. It's like a game. Just for, just for fun. 
Yeah. I mean, I mean not you just are food. Odd. Like you're, you're I odd. am super odd, but I just estimating things. Like if you have no idea what time it is and you try to guess the time. That's fun. You know, and you're like, how close can I get? You know, I like doing that when I'm out hunting. And you're just like kind of That's what I'm saying. It's yeah, that I'm weird, so I know that about myself. And it's everybody's okay. a little weird. Jordan, I've come to terms just, with it. I mean, yeah. you are weird, but not everybody's yeah. a little weird. Um Oh, we should talk a little bit about something that's happening this week. The at the backcountry ready at home, backcountry ready at home stuff is launching this week. Um, and so that's our minimal equipment program. Uh, you don't need much to do it. You need kettlebell, a couple dumbbells, um, weight vest, something like that. Maybe you can get a lot, you can get along without even having a weight vest. Um, you can do it right at home and we have three different options that are coming out with that. So you can do completely individualized. You'd be working one-on-one with uh, the king of Nevada, Jordan Wiltshire. Um, <laughs> and he <laughs> he would completely individualize and customize your, your walk through the training program. And you'd be getting coaching from him, check-ins, all that kind of stuff. Second option is just like our backcountry ready program, but with... Uh, the at home, the minimalist equipment. So um, it's team coaching team. It's a team program. Um, we walk you through customizing the program. We check in with you. We coach you. You have a forum to make sure that you're getting all your questions answered. And we guide you through that. Um, and you get weekly coaching videos, walking you through everything, all of that. Um, and then the third option is just programming and you get the program, you get a weekly coaching video and we cut you loose to, to go on your own. And all of that is coming out this week. Um, the program will be updated monthly. Jordan's got the the first program done and uploaded in there. So we'll, we'll have it set for everybody to get started, um, next week. And so I'm excited about it because I know it's been something we've been getting like over the past, I don't know, six, eight months, something yeah, like that. A bunch least. of messages on Instagram about, Hey, like I want to train with you guys, but I don't have a ton of equipment. Like, what do I need? And, you know, over the past couple of years of working with, you know, Robbie Kroger from blood origins and, um, Kalen from modern day sniper. And, and those guys trained at home with minimal equipment and seeing how much progress they were able to make. It's like, okay, we do need to do something for people now. So we have it ready. It's going to be out this week. And, um, the easiest way to make sure that you get in on it is to make sure that you get on our email list. And I have the the link in the, in the, the uh, show notes for our uh, home gym essentials guide. And it walks you through, you know, if you wanted to have a minimalist home gym, get this equipment and you'll be dialed in. So that's all happening this week and I'm pumped for it. I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to help a lot of people that don't want to go to a gym, don't have access to a gym. Maybe you live in the middle of nowhere, Wyoming, and you're not driving somewhere, you know? So I'm pumped for it. Me too. I think it, I think it's good. I think it's like a very, um, I don't know, kind of grassroots just kind of thing. Like we just want people to have good training no matter what they have. Like, yeah. For equipment for for whatever up different options for price what you can afford like the goal is really just to have like good training to anybody that wants it well you did a really good job taking the 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 backcountry ready program for people that have access to gyms and adapting that to a, a minimal equipment type format so thank you um, sir 
And he did a great job. I'm excited to get it out to people. So if you haven't yet, go get on the email list by clicking the link in the show notes, downloading the home gym essentials guide. That's hundred percent free. And uh, the email is going out later this week. Right now it's Tuesday. What's today's date? March 7th. 7th. Yeah, it'll be out later this week and it'll lay out all the options for signing up and, and then we'll get started with everything next week. Heck yes, dude. Cool. That was cool. I like how you did that. That was very hip. Hip. <laughs> I'm hip. Yeah, you're super hip, man. Uh no, I'm not. Yeah. Oh, Jordan I'm and I are gonna not. Jordan and I are gonna go kill turkeys at the end of the month. That's cool. I'm excited about that. Me too. Yeah. I, I got just, I got my truck so I can drive myself there. That'll be yeah. daddy doesn't have to take a turkey hunting, so that'll be good. Yeah, no kidding. So my my I'm not being hazed by the five year old in my house anymore, who's been <laughs> apparently lamenting going to school by what I hear and probably everybody else in the background. So that's so funny. <sighs> I like that your your uh, your five year old roasts you. That's fantastic. She does. She roasts me. She's the five year olds are strange, man. They're like so capable in some ways and so incapable in others. Like she can make fun of me in a way that you're like, you understand that adults are supposed to have certain things, and I don't have one of those certain things right now. And you understand you can make what a loser. (laughs) But then other times, you know, like, hey, you need to get yourself from point A to point B, and they're like, I can't. I'm five. I'm breaking down. Five man. That's all I got. I give. You're such a dichotomy of a human. I'm at my capacity, bro. Yeah, she's apparently there already at eight twenty six PST. So, <laughs> well, I uh, yeah, I'm pumped for you to see Leanne's ranch, man, and meet meet. Me, the, I'm I'm excited. Meet the Hallers. It's a beautiful place. It's one of my favorite places on the on like the earth. It. So, and the turkeys gobble all day, and we're the only ones that are allowed to be there. So I was gonna say, very nice that they would even let me show up there. Oh, dude, they're pushed. Leanne's pumped to have you. She's excited, That's man. Very very nice of them. Yeah. We got we got seven hundred acres all to ourselves. So shoot, yeah. it's not yeah. very much room. Yes, and if we want to, just for funsies, we there's some there's some BLM land that's close by that we can go walk around on. So awesome! I can't cool. wait. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. But well, I'll leave you to your day. I know you got to get your kid to school. Um, for those of you that are listening, go download the Home Gym Essentials Guide and get ready for the release of Backcountry at Home this week. All right. Yes. All right. Peace and chicken grease.